go ahead and do the giveaway now. In, um, in hello, of hello, hello. Welcome, guys. My name is Josh Murray. I'm the host of Creative Extra Duty Podcast, where we talk about mental health in the military, and we share stories of service members who are struggling with their own personal mental health. And today is our first episode on live stream Twitch. Um, Danny, I want to see myself for a little bit. Right, Jenny, you go away for a second. Um, Get out of here. <laughs> look, guys, look, I'm so excited about today's episode because not only will we get to speak with someone that is a, <clears throat> an instructor in the military, somebody that's, that's actively building and training and growing these soldiers right from the beginning, right? But we are dealing with somebody who is so phenomenal, right? Because I, I I'm not going to lie, I have watched her on TikTok for a long time, and her name on TikTok is one of the best things in the world, um, Staff Sausage. <laughs> so, so, Jenny, do me a solid. Talk to me about Staff Sausage. How did, how did you get that name? What's up? Um, actually it was one of my soldiers back in 2019, um, used to say staff sausage and it just stuck with me. I don't know why it was just the best thing. I was like, huh, master sausage, first sausage, you know, <laughs> just replace it all with sausage. I just don't know. <laughs> no, I'm loving it. Look, Jenny, you know what, you know what the, the best part about like having you on the show is, is that we get to actually actively talk to you about like different situations that you've been in within the military and, and give people the options and, and the understandings of different scenarios that's gone on. And that's what the Extra Duty Podcast yeah. is about. Um, so here, here's one big thing I got to ask you about because our sponsor, our sponsor for today's episode, if you guys can see on the, on the Twitch stream, it's Snapback. But I got to talk to you about this, right? I know you've heard of Snapback and you wanted to order from Snapback, right? Yeah. Look, I got the direct connect. So what I can do is I can let them know that your order is going to be full price. I can't I can't get you a discount. I can't do that at all. <laughs> um that's not that's not what I do. I am shedding a tear on the inside right now. <laughs> so I want to talk about it, right? So what's the what's the most frustrating thing when you guys are dealing with your uniforms? Especially these new kids and then you being um constantly in that uniform. It has to look perfect. Yes. I so, hate it. Why why do you hate it? I know I hate it, but why do you hate it? So it's tremendously harder putting together that uniform as a female. I don't want to use the whole female thing, but that specifically just irks my soul because like you guys could take your uniform to like one of those places that set it up for you yeah. and it just look pristine. But if you have you boobs, know? it changes the whole scenario up. Yeah. That's it, it just changes the whole thing, <laughs> especially the ribbon rack because it, it, it'll like, lay this way and then it'll be like laying uh, lower whenever you put everything together and then you got to move your marksmanship badge and it's just it's a nightmare so i'm not gonna lie to you so i actually looked you know I, i've spoken with um with the owner of this company a lot and you know he wanted to get sponsored by us and I, I mean he wanted to sponsor us and it was a huge deal because i started looking at it. he has he actually has a new um piece that's going to be added to every single order now Ooh. Yes, yes. So this, the, the order that now, you know, when you get when you go ahead and buy it, it snaps directly on. Hey, Danny, can you go ahead and pull that up, the, the website? Yeah, but give me a sec. It snaps directly on, right? And the biggest thing is that he's worked on now is now if your lapel covers a part of it, he yeah. actually has it now where you can move the ribbons, the entire rack over to the side where it would show all your ribbons in the proper way. Yeah. When I say this is one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard of, right? I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm good at, at, at setting up my uniform. I'm not. And this is the website right here. If you guys don't know what the website is, it's right here, snapracksa.com. This is the only ribbon rack you'll ever need for the rest of your life. This is the, for the, your entire career. Yes, you're going to pay 60 bucks, but I'll tell you what right now. You're going to be paying 60 bucks 
for every single wrap size that you're going to need for the entire time that you're in the military. And not only that, right? They are adjustable, changeable at every time that you're going to go ahead and use it. Every time, every promotion, every single ribbon that you get on top of that, you're going to go ahead and actively get this amazing, like, features that a lot of people don't have. I'm, I hate the, you know what? You want to know one of the main reasons why I cannot stand, I cannot stand the ribbon rack is because they bend. That, that metal yes. just bends. It fucking moves. It warps. If I leave it in my closet for too long, it just doesn't look right. One of the greatest things is, is that this guy right here, he has such a phenomenal price. Um, and he does everything by himself. You got That's something you got to know. He does it all by himself. That's dedication right there. He packages. Wow. He delivers. He sends. He does everything by himself. And if y'all thought, I saw the process. It's in a room. He does everything in a single bedroom. And he made a product that is that good. That should blow yeah. your mind. When I saw this, I was like, why hasn't someone come out with this sooner? <clears throat> because, this is something you know? that would be really good for like Shark Tank. Oh, yeah. I, it absolutely would. You're, you're not wrong. And <laughs> I, I, can't talk, I can't talk too much about certain things, but you're not wrong. Ooh. You're not wrong. But, you know, um, if you guys want to go ahead and check him out, please give him a follow. Um, you can go to snaprack.com. His his website leads to every single one of his socials. If you guys don't follow us on socials, follow us on the socials. If you guys came from TikTok, please go ahead and, and just send a comment that says, I came from TikTok. Help us out. If you want to ask questions during the episode, please sub. You guys sub. You guys ask any question you want to Jenny. Um, hey, but close it out. Thanks. The military needs a shark tank. Absolutely, it does. Um, so, Jenny. Look, now now that we got the sponsorship portion out, right, what is it? T- talk to me. Who are you? What is it that you do? Give me a little bit of background on who Jenny is. Well, I feel like I could come up with an extremely convoluted answer. That's what but... I want. Nope, nope. That's what I want. <laughs> um, well, today's actually my birthday, so I'm 28 years old. You're right. And you know what? Before we even get into that, Danny... The lighter. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Danny, prepare what we have. Because, look, Danny was supposed to go get a cake, but he forgot. And I was supposed to go get a cake, but I was in meetings. Danny. Right? It's okay. And, and, you know, it is. My husband bought me a giant cake, and I actually had that before we started. Oh, look at that. Hey, guys, look. See, she's married. There's no chance for you anymore. Sorry, fellas. And and ladies. And ladies. (laughs) Hey, hey, we're equal opportunity over here. Goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) Look, man, I'll tell you what. Dan, Danny, what's going on? Do you ha- do you have it set up? Give me a second. Oh, a second. You have a, you have a, you know who Fallout Boy is? Absolutely. Yeah, you love Fallout Boy, right? I love Fallout Boy. Right? Danny reminds me of the guy, the lead singer of Fallout Boy. Uh, yes. Right? Right? Yes. Did you know does. that? You want to know something? If this is a piece of knowledge I'm going to throw on you right here. Did you know that Pete is black? Really? No, yes. I did not know that. Yes, yes. A lot of people don't know. Pete is actually half black, half white. Yeah, it'll blow your mind. Interesting. I can see it now. Right? You can I always s- thought he had sort of like an exotic look. Absolutely. And that's what it is. He, Yeah, Pete is black. He's. A, he, I did not know that. Well, I didn't know that until right now. Well, Danny, since you're taking so long, go go ahead. Jenny, give us a little bit more information on who you are. <laughs> well, wait. Like I said, I'm, oh. oh, beautiful. Let's do it. Hey, hold on, hold on. What, what? You can't, you can't back out after you did something. <laughs> this is all he, I have. He's okay. edging us right now. All right, let's do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, dear Jenny. 
Happy birthday to you. I'm very patriotic today. Yeah, super patriotic. So now, 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 how old, how, how old did you turn today? 28. Oh my. Almost 30. I'm not going to lie to you. I am 29. That hurts. And I'm 30. Oh, You're God. Feeling Jesus. I turned 30 a couple weeks ago. Ugh. I'm an old fuck. Old. I feel it. I really do. So, Jenny, all right. So now, now let's get into, you know, the, the who you are portion, because I feel like we've wasted <laughs> nine minutes talking about all these other things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I am from Southern California. Um, I was born in Oregon, but raised in Southern California, if you know where Fort Irwin, California is. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Barstow is where I was raised. Ugh. 18 years. <laughs> um, from there, you know, joined the military. Been in almost... 10 years now feeling extremely old um but as you mentioned earlier i'm an instructor right now for alc oh oh you're an alc oh you're an alc instructor that's even better honestly that's even better well to be fair i'm actually not instructing at the current moment because i am the senior sgl unfortunately oh so but i just recently became senior so up until probably a couple months ago now uh i was instructing so, which extremely rewarding. I highly recommend anyone who's in the military to be an instructor at some point in their career. Because just so you guys are tracking, if you're an instructor, you're most likely to get that seven, baby. Well, yeah. It's guaranteed. But... Come on. I look, I've looked at your charts. <laughs> I've looked at the charts, and I know this for a fact. Instructor is the highest. Um, if you are an instructor, you it's the highest um, possible chance of you getting promoted to staff, um, starting first class. 100%. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I'm proud of you. That's a huge deal for you because you're, you're, I'm Thank thinking you. you're going to make seven and 11. I, I, I feel it. I, I have that, that feeling in my heart. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. My first look was actually this year, but I wasn't able to get my instructor in CUER in for the board on time. Yeah. Hey, don't worry. I was, I was pregnant. I had a baby. So I had um, a little bit of extra time in there, unfortunately. But no, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I think, uh, so I'm going to guess your OML number. Ready? You ready? I'm going to guess it. One twenty six. That's what I'm just gonna guess it when it when the time comes. If it was one twenty six, I would cry. I still want to cry with the number I have right now. What, what's but, your email? Um, God, what is it? So it's funny because me and my husband are actually right next to each other on the OML. I tell everyone that they did that shit on purpose, oh. and he's one number before me. Oh, if he gets picked up before you, that means you got to stand at parade rest for him. I know my husband's watching this. <laughs> I will throw a punch him. I right, look. Think about Before it. Before like I ever do that. Hey, since so, so hey, since the husband's watching, here's what I need you to do. Right, the moment you get promoted before her, here, here, look, look at me. Especially if you get rated as yes, uh, yes. Look, what I'm gonna tell you this right now. Look at me. Watch me. If you are watching, this is all you got to do. Parade rest, position of attention, move the bend and reach <laughs> by the numbers. One. That's it. That's it. You won the fucking argument. There's no fighting there. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you're right that's valid <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the things that you've gone through because there's no way in hell that you've been in the military for 10 years and you've had no issues mentally i wish and you know you know what the action duty podcast is about we talk about mental health in the military so we need to know about the things that you've gone through let's dig deep what's the worst thing that's happened to you so far in the military that's affected you to the point where you've almost committed suicide and that's the question have you always have you have you ever or ever attempted to commit suicide um, so yes, actually. Uh, but this, the attempt did not happen while I was in the military. This is actually before I joined the military. 
Um, I had a lot of things going on in my personal life with family and relationships and kind of got, you know, to my breaking point of the point you would get in order to want to commit suicide. Um, but actually back in 2018, I was going through a pretty bad, rough patch in my life. I was getting a divorce um, from my first husband and why it, it was just irreconcilable. Is that the correct word? Yeah, differences. It, it, yeah. we, we were together for almost 10 years. So we were high school sweethearts and just kind of grew apart. Um, half your life, half my life. Yeah. Okay. Met him when I was just turning 14. So a long time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was hitting me pretty hard. Um, and then just being overseas, you know, being alone. Um, he took my daughter with him for a little bit. So it was, it was a really hard time in my life. Um, and just, you know, the stressors of the military, along with going through a divorce and not having your child there with you, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. That, I, that was probably the closest I've ever gotten to considering it. Did you make a plan? I wouldn't say I made a plan, but I was definitely close to oh. at least starting. But I think the point, when I got to that point of being like, I need help. I went um, to our MFLAC actually, and she really helped me. See, and you know what's something I got to tell you, I love MFLAC. I've talked about it in a couple episodes, but I love MFLAC. MFLAC is the most private <clears throat> slash important program that we have in the military. It's, I, yeah. I believe it's better than EBH straight up. Yeah. The lady, she was so sweet, so kind. Um, I'm pretty sure she was a, um, military spouse. Okay. Yeah. That's but, usually the best. Yeah. She, she really talked me off the ledge until I was able to get my daughter back out there with me, but having my daughter back with me was really honestly what saved me. I, honestly, I, I feel that. Cause my, I, I think about, so I think about my kids for pretty much every situation. How bad could things get? Um, yeah. And then my kids act up and I'm like, oh man, this sucks. But no, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you're not wrong. I, you, know, you know, you ever just want to punch a kid in the face, you know, like right in the throat some days. Yeah. Right. It's not, I'm not wrong. With I, love though. With, with love, love, all the love in the world. And that's something I really want to talk about. So having children in the, in the military, right. So usually when we bring people on, right, we never really talk about the children aspect. And for you, your, mm-hmm. your, you, your mother, you're married. How many children do you mm-hmm. have? One or two? Um, I have three, Whoa. I have one step, one stepdaughter okay, okay. and two of my own. Okay. So three children, right? And, and here's the thing. I, t- I can tell you right now that stress, I have two children with ASD. Um, and it's stressful as fuck. Yeah. It's stressful. Um, but a lot of people don't understand that when you add a family to the military, right? You are not, and no offense to a lot of people out there, no offense to you, but you are no longer a soldier. Right. Yeah. You're no longer the fullest soldier that you can possibly be because you are a parent first. Absolutely. I will leave. I'll leave work to make sure my kids is good. Right. Hell yeah. And I do. And yeah, same, same. And it's funny. It's funny that we're talking about this because my uh, son actually just got hospitalized because he um, he caught two separate strings of flu influenza and he wound up getting pneumonia from it. Oh, and goodness. he he had to be airlifted to a children's hospital because he um, he actually got a, acute respiratory failure with hypoxia. So he wasn't oh, getting enough. Wow. This just happened. Like this just happened this weekend. Oh my goodness! Um, he wasn't getting enough blood to his oxygen, and so I've been out of work for about 
a week now. And, you know, I'm, I usually feel so bad about it because I am the senior SGL. So I'm in charge of a, of a bunch of people. But this week I was like, you know what, like losing, almost losing my son was like that pivotal moment. I feel like for me where I'm like the army can replace me in two seconds, yep. but the, like my kids, like I can't be replaced, you know, yep. or they can't be replaced in my life. So I feel that. I mean, I, I tell you what, um, we recently, <clears throat> a friend of ours lost their child, <clears throat> which is a tough situation. Um, and you know, it, it took a toll on my wife because you know, her child also had ASD and I thought I, I just, the idea in my head crippled me, <clears throat> the idea of me yeah. possibly losing my child. So you being in a position where you almost lost your child could have possibly like I could never imagine being where you are. I, and I couldn't even go with him when he got airlifted because of how tiny the helicopter was. And this was probably the scariest moment. It's actually like burned in my brain. Um, because me, my husband, um, my daughter, we, like I was criminally speeding <laughs> on the freeway to get to the children's hospital. Cause it was about three hours away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like I said, I couldn't go with him. So I was going about a hundred, if not over a hundred the entire way. Yeah. Um, and when I got there, I walked in and there was like four nurses surrounding him, like frantically doing things like IV, EKG, all sorts of things, getting oxygen on his face. And I was like, literally my stomach dropped into my ass <laughs> because I'm like, I literally looked at them and I'm like, is he okay? Like what is happening right now? Wow. And that's where the respiratory failure started happening. Um, because he just was not like, he literally was breathing so fast. He, I don't know how he didn't pass out. Like oh it was bad. Goodness. It yeah. was really bad. I was terrified. Ooh, I you, so I, 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 when my kids were born, I was, um, I was that parent that I, I didn't sleep cause I would always make sure they were breathing. Yeah, and me too. I'm not gonna lie to you. After this episode, I'm not sleeping at night, girl. Thanks, I appreciate I'm you. So Thanks. I'm your boy's gonna be doing nonstop checking. You know, my daughter almost never got sick, but my son actually, we just figured out that he might have asthma, and I think that that's the reason why he, when he gets sick, he gets so sick. Yeah, because I'm almost certain he has asthma now. Oh my good! You know what though? I, I'm happy that you guys figured that out now because it's a huge deal. Um, yeah. You know, I'm starting to realize. So this is generational trauma, right? That. that <clears throat> uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit about generational trauma, right? Um, I know all about that, right? We know we we know about it because we grew <laughs> up with it. I have ADHD. Um, my mother, I was my I was the bad kid, right? Because yeah. I had ADHD and it was never diagnosed. But mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you one thing that I I am extremely grateful for. We got my son tested for ASD and at 18 months and they found out, yes, he has autism. Yeah. And we got we got the help that was needed and we're starting and we're seeing a lot of differences and changes. And then me and my wife, we started realizing, holy shit, that we do a lot of the things that my son is doing still because yeah, we're on the spectrum. I didn't fucking know I was on the spectrum. I fully believe that I'm on the spectrum and I'm just undiagnosed. Like, I guarantee I'm not gonna lie to you. I guarantee Not trying to be it. funny. Like I really oh, feel like I am. I guarantee you are on the spectrum. I guarantee it. I also think I have ADHD. Welcome to the club. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> How do you? Yeah. 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 
How do you, what y'all think I be doing? Like, I, I think that this is all I, you think all I do is make podcasts? No, no, I cannot <coughs> sleep. I actively do a thousand different things to keep my mind I right. I feel that <laughs> wholeheartedly. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your time in. Millennials are considered the trauma generation. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not that, wrong. That's my, that's my husband. He's not wrong. Millennials really are considered the, I mean, think about all the shit that we've been through. Yo, we've been through you know? multiple, multiple, uh, what, what? We've been through Ebola, now COVID. What else Ebola? we been through? Ebola, yeah, I forgot. 9-11. 9-11. 9-11. Yo, I'm going to tell you, you want to know something? And, and so, you know, I really want to get to the topic of today, right? Because I feel, we, we've been ranting, and I, and I love to rant. Um, so do I. So, hashtag Veterans Day. That's the title of this episode. Fucking hashtag veteran. Thank you for your service. Look, I, you're I, you're welcome <laughs> for my service. Look, so my time being in the military, right? I've I've um, so I've done some crazy shit. I've done some really cool shit. I've done some bad shit. But one thing that genuinely I still cannot get over is thank you for your service. That is the hardest things for me to hear because, dude, it's awful. It's it, awful. It's- what do you say? You're welcome. So funny. It's so funny because I used to say. Thank you. Back to people when they would say thank you for your service because I was like, I don't fucking know what else to say. I'm not going to say you're welcome because I feel like an asshole. But my husband actually says thank you for your support. The best thing because I feel like it's like you know, you know what? I can eat that shit That's up. That's beautiful. Thank you for your support. It's beautiful, right? You want to know how I? You know how you want to know how I've dealt with that for the past two years? How? As soon as someone says it, I walk out the room. <laughs> like I actively, I, 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 I look. I, I do this. It's like, have you ever seen that gif where the dude like pulls up the peace sign and he just like disappears? Yeah, that's what I do. I'm actively yeah. not, I, I, cause I don't want to feel awkward. I look, I don't like yes. social situations. The, Neither I, do I. It's so, it's so hard to sit there and, and like, like be so, look, I'm, I'm not very patient. You know why I joined the army? Why? I needed cool. money. I was going to go to jail or, or this. Right, I'm not patriotic, but go I go to res- war, or go to jail. Yeah, go to war, or go to jail, and you know what? I accepted that fact, and I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. That's fine, Hell right? Yeah. But like, it's not that I'm not patriotic. It's that I am. My initial, my initial joining had nothing to do with patriotism, yeah, and it's I like, don't feel like I was ever patriotic, like, which is weird because you know I grew up around the military. Uh, my grandfather was in the military. My dad was in the military for a little bit. Like, I'm not a military brat by any means, but. I don't know. I just, it's and weird. the older I get, I just feel like, you know, like what well, I haven't done anything for you to thank me for my service. Like I'm mopping the motor pool concrete <laughs> and you're thanking me for my service. That's a real thing. That's a real it's thing. A real thing. <laughs> I heard someone respond with my honor and I loved that response. <laughs> oh, that, okay. That's sweet. So, Oh, you know what? So maybe I should throw in some little Chick-fil-A there. My pleasure. You, you know, you know, just Chick Fil A it up. Pleasure. It's my pleasure. Don't worry about it. I, I, you know I what? That, what the military should do is, and they should institute a thing where it's like, if if you can get, if someone can get it on videotape when they say to a service member, "Thank you for your service," and they don't respond with "Thank you for your support" or "My pleasure," then like they get like docked something. Look, you want you want to know something? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a real story here, right? So our our, our third episode, maybe maybe fourth. It, it, so it, does, it can trigger PTSD. We actually spoke about I believe it. believe that. So our third episode, in, in I think in an entire season, is called Thank You for Your Service. And we spoke about this specifically, right, um, where it does trigger PTSD, right? So for a lot of individuals, um, you know, you know, some, some of my friends and like myself, 
um, thank you for your service makes you relive some certain moments because your service is yeah. either connected to something terrible or something good. Um, and I and I and I and this is a serious party episode. A lot of people think everything's jokes. No, there's some serious parts here. Um, yeah. So there there's a there's a mental state where service members get into right. Um, where you compartmentalize every single thing that you do. Um, ever since you joined the military, and the moment that someone says thank you for your service, it actually triggers an effect in your brain, right? And that that makes you rethink of every single thing in every one of those boxes that you've created. So whether it was good or bad, you determine whether or not your service was was welcomed, was good. But then yeah. here's here's the big part, right? A lot of people forget that when you say thank you for your service, a lot of these service members are dealing with depression, anxiety that's constantly yeah. giving them this roller coaster. So a yep. lot of people are thinking about this roller coaster idea of depression and anxiety and constant um this constant flow of stress. And we put ourselves in this way because raise your hand if you're doing it for patriotism or you're doing it for money. Raising your hand if and, and here and it gets worse from there, right? Because now my service is you're in ten years in. I'm about I'm almost nine years in right now. But we're going through our service, right? And the longer we stay in, the harder it is to get out. And not because yeah. not because of Oh, we don't have the financials, which we don't. But it comes down to the army pays for everything. Literally everything. Yeah. The army keeps you in this secure little bubble that you don't have to deal with the rest of the world. And it teaches you that we feed you. It, we, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. You stay in. The longer you stay yeah. in, the harder it is to get out because now you have to transition into a world that you do not know exists. And it's the perfect example I use. I went to Korea for a year and I missed all the music that came out. On, on the radio. It sounds weird, right? But I missed all the music that came out on the radio. So when I came <clears> back, my playlist was the exact same as when I left. But my wife's playlist yeah. changed. And that was the simplest example I can give for how you feel when you're in the military. You miss an entire world change around you while you were in yeah. this bubble. And now you're actively sitting here trying to, like, recollect information from all these other people. Yeah, that's, it's, like, such an accurate way to describe it. scary. It's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, because that, honestly, that's I was in Korea for two years, and it felt that exact way. Like, it almost felt like there was an actual bubble over me in Korea, and you're just, you're so segregated from the rest of the world, and then you come back to the States, and you're, like, almost reliving everything over again. Look, you know? Look, when I was, so I went to Iraq. When I went to Iraq, it was the most fun I've ever had, right? And I... I I've been to Iraq, I've been to Afghanistan, and when I got back home, right, I went to go meet my family for the first time. And when I met my family, I took four 800 milligrams ibuprofens, drank it back with a scotch, and smoked a cigarette right after. And they looked at me like I was a crazy person. That's just normal army things right That's there. That's normal. But <laughs> we lived in this world where these things are normal. I Look, Danny's still getting used to the way that I talk to him. Like, they, you know, it's it's odd. He's a civilian. He has nothing. We call him Lieutenant Dan because he's useless. But, you know, <laughs> but, but, you I'll know. I'll see myself out. No, no, you're good. You got legs. Um, oh, oh, okay, okay. But we, so, we, so I am useful. No, you're useful as fuck. <laughs> okay, okay. But, okay. you know, it, it's the, that's the issue. We, we constantly have this, this, this growth of in the military. We have this, but we're in this bubble because yeah. we, we forget that the 1% of the entire population is inside the military. The other 99% yeah. isn't. You know, it's crazy because I feel like I never really experienced that until I joined the military. Because growing up, like I said, I lived in, I grew up in Barstow. So I went to school on Fort Irwin 
and all of my friends were military brats. So they kind of already underst understood and knew, and those, I still talk to those same friends to this day. They all know that like military lifestyle, that military mindset, the way that we talk, the way that we act. And then once I joined the military, I feel like that's when I really started to experience, you know, people who are outside the military and like, they can almost, it, it's funny because whenever you're on a military installation, especially one that has like AIT or basic training, yeah. everyone can always point out the, the new soldiers yeah. because of the, the way that they walk, the way that they dress, the way that they talk, the haircut, like, but it's the same thing with us. Oh man. You know? And you, like yo, I still walk with my hands like this because it's so ingrained in my head. This is how I walk. This is how I walk around. You know why? This is how my fingers are permanently stuck. That's how I hold my yeah. wet. Yeah. Yo, my wife says, why do you hold your hands like that? And I was like, what do you mean? Because I walk around literally just like this all day. Because I'm holding... <laughs> You know, I'm used to holding my weapons 18 hours a day. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird. It's so weird. And then I left the infantry. It was a whole different story. But it's so weird because you 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 get you're born into this situation where it's just odd. It's like, bro, what is it that I'm doing here yeah. that like changed my I used to be a nice kid. I never drank, I never smoked, and then I joined the army and then I did it all. <laughs> that you sound like my husband because my husband's told me the same thing that like before he never drank, he never smoked, and then you know, he joined the military and just went ham. Yeah. It, <laughs> I was a bad kid apparently because I'd I did things. Yeah, you you grew up in the For south. <laughs> miscellaneous things. Look, see, but when I when I was growing up, I did I did other bad things. Like I did stupid shit. Like I hopped the bus. A lot of people don't know what that means. I hopped the train, but I never cut school. I was I was so scared of my mother because she worked in the school. She would beat my ass in the principal's office. And that's a real thing. Oh, I remember I remember the first time I cut school. Ugh, I can't do it. I wasn't until it wasn't until like two months left of my senior year that I cut school for the first time. <clears throat> it's funny because. Me and my friends used to do such bad shit, and I honestly don't know how we're not dead or arrested, you know, like in jail, because living in the desert, you don't really have anything else you can do. Like, the only True. thing that we really had was a Walmart. That was it. See? Yeah. You know what? Yo, let me ask you a question, right? So now you've been in the Army this long. You've been an adult this long, right? Now, so... For adults, right? A lot of adults out there. Here's a, here's a very specific situation. I didn't know how expensive fucking furniture was, right? Yeah. Bro. I didn't know that. I didn't know how expensive having things was because my kids fucking destroy everything. And it, mm -hmm. it frustrates me. But um, could you live somewhere without that does not allow Amazon delivery or doesn't have a Walmart? No. <laughs> I absolutely couldn't. I and you know what's fucked up? Is the place that I'm currently at right now, it's it's such a like a remote area so we have walmart we have target but it feels like all we're, it's all you need but i feel like we're so segregated from like civilization because amazon takes fucking forever like amazon usps ups fedex takes forever to get out here <sighs> that's and then impressive. i live on post so oh, it's even worse that's so bad i mean i live on post too this beautiful studio is brought to you by military housing i want you guys to know that <laughs> this one too <laughs> I'm actually like this is not supposed to be like a room. It's supposed to be a closet, but it's big enough to be like a little setup game room. Oh wow! So, I, so I, you guys don't pay for your houses? No, 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 no. no. Fuck you, Danny. I'm explaining to you. We pay for it. Technically, right? I'm gonna yeah. tell you how we pay for it with depression and mold. That's not okay. So, <laughs> so you don't monetarily pay for these houses? No, no. So if you live on post, so I, I saw so this is some advice I usually give to a lot of young service members. If you get married young, which a lot of these fucking kids do. Live on yeah. post. Don't live off post. Because if you live off post, you got to pay bills. Live on post. 
Get comfortable with the idea that you ain't got to pay bills. Relax, chill, do all those things. But living on post is probably one of the best things to do. Um, yeah. You guys are dual military. You guys are crazy living on post. But I know why. <laughs> well, so my husband still gets um, BH without dependents. So he still gets a decent amount of money. And then they take my, the entirety of my BAH, unfortunately. But honestly, it's so worth it because I actually live on an installation where the on-post housing is ranked like number three in the entire, uh, like yeah. all of military or whatever in the entire world. So the housing is pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. My best housing that I ever had was in, um, the best housing I had was in Fort Riley. The best house I've ever had. My husband used to be stationary. What, what's your husband's name? Christian. Is he, Mine, no, what, was he 11 Bravo? No, he's. Uh, we're both thirty-five golfs. I don't know what that is. Am I military? I do not know what that is. Cause uh. the only time I ever meet Am I is when I'm under investigation. All right, that's the you know. Let's keep it like that. All right, I want you to understand what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> um. So so let let's talk a little bit about your your time in the military. Right. You spent you spent a good amount. You got ten years in. Right. So you have you deployed or no? No, I haven't deployed. You know what? And that doesn't fucking matter. I want for a lot of the people out there. Right deployments don't matter yeah you know it i used to be in the mindset where i'm like i cannot like i absolutely cannot be a staff sergeant without deploying and then i never i just never got the chance to deploy uh my first duty station i was at fort hood and i had just had my daughter when my unit went on their rotation <clears throat> to deploy to iraq and afghanistan and i wasn't about to leave my two-month-old daughter to go do some bullshit deployment because it was a bullshit deployment yeah, just so I can get a deployment patch. Yeah, like I, I wasn't going to do that. Um, and afterwards, like I literally just never got the chance because I went from Fort Hood to Korea for two years. And then after um, Korea, I went to Fort Gordon where it like deployments were kind of rare because yeah. of what we did. Um, and now I'm in trade so I'm not going to deploy. Yeah. You won't deploy at all. So, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, so I, I, I actively have a CIB. I don't wear it. I have a deployment patch. I wear it. Um, I know uh, some people who do that. John, as well. John, in order for you to ask questions, you got to sub, baby. I'm sorry. We don't, we don't, we don't do questions unless you sub. Um, no. Oh, okay. Um, so, so no. Um, I was gonna, I was mostly gonna, cause like when it comes, down, I, I have a CIB. I don't, I don't wear it because it doesn't mean anything to me. I have, I have my deployment patch. I wear it just because I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm that guy that washes his uniform with everything on it. Yeah. Um, so I just don't take it off. Um, yeah, I, I actually have a close friend who has deployed to Afghanistan and he does not wear his deployment patch. Because it, it, it makes no sense, right? Because, yes, I get it. It's a sign that you deployed. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to leadership, it's it's a very specific thing with leadership in general. And you specifically, right? The reason why I want to talk about leadership so now, um, right now is because you're training leaders to become new leaders. Because yeah. there's a whole different... There's the, and let me ask you a question. Now that, now that, now that I have you here, right? And, and you know what? Your husband can ask too, right? Your husband can answer. Is there a difference between E5 and a sergeant? Is there a difference between a sergeant, uh, a, a staff sergeant and an E6? The only difference is a pay grade, honestly. So so the reason why I asked it like that, right? Because I believe that a staff sergeant, and if you know, you're listening in, right? A staff sergeant is different from an E6. You know why? Because there's motherfuckers that care about the pay grade and there's people that care about the leadership portion of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you know, yeah, go ahead. going going to the board, uh, you know, because when you're first going to the board, especially as like a specialist, you don't 
you don't really know like the verbiage and all that stuff. And I remember being asked, so if they ask you why um, you want to get promoted, what are you going to say? And saying something along the lines of, well, I want to be an E5 because that, 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 whatever. And they're like, so you want to be a pay grade, basically. Like, you just want to get that pay bump. And I'm like, no, that, that's not what I mean by that. And they're like, okay, this is how you should word it. Because if you want to get promoted to be a non-commissioned officer, it sounds different than just saying, I want to be an E5, you know, or an E6. Because, that, yeah, exactly at that point, that. you're just talking about a pay grade. Because you're not, and, and that's, a, that's a very big difference. When we talk, when we talk about leadership specifically here in the Extra Duty Podcast, we talk about the, those very specific points. When you talk about being the uh, pay grade instead of being the actual leader, it genuinely shows the type of person that you are and how you are leading. Yeah. Um, I'm not, yeah. I, I, you know what? Junior enlisted and lower enlisted is definitely a situation that I have an issue with as well. Um, yeah. Because we're, we're soldiers no matter what. Every single one of us are soldiers, right? There are leaders and there are junior leaders, right? And, that, and that's really how it comes down to. You're a junior leader because you're getting ready to become a leader. If you start bringing soldiers down, you're not getting the type. You're not, when you bring any service member down, you're not getting the same effort. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know so many people who say lower enlisted versus junior enlisted. And I'm like, I never really like thought about it until someone once again brought it to my attention about like just how it sounds, you know, like lower enlisted. You're kind of like almost degrading. Yeah. It's a those de- soldiers in a sense. And, and you got to remember, we're not in a general. And look, and, and I get it. There's a lot of motherfuckers that want to say, oh, old army. old In the old army, we used to do that. Look, I don't care about that shit no more, right? There's the old army and there's the army that's going on right now. Because the army, and, and here's something very specific that, that that's so important that a lot of people don't really understand. The army goes marching along. It's going to keep going. So yeah. whatever you believed was the old army bullshit does not matter anymore. You know why? Because the army is changing at all times. Yeah. It's just funny to me because like people get so upset that like when the world outside of the military doesn't change, you know, we're still so stuck in our ways of insert whatever here. But when the military changes, people get so upset about it, you know, like God forbid a soldier have feelings, you know what I'm saying? And they don't want to be, yeah, they don't want to be degraded. All of a sudden it's the end of the world. And I feel like it doesn't make soldiers soft it makes them stronger when they stand up for themselves and they tell an nco hey i don't like that you know that you're doing something maybe a little sketchy right or maybe making someone feel uncomfortable like i'm all for that shit look and i and i and i I agree man because like when you have so when you're giving soldiers an opportunity to i tell all my soldiers look at regs look at the regs learn the regs because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day the reg is going to save you the reg is going to determine whether or not you're right or wrong if an NCO is telling you, if a non-commissioned officer is telling you that you're wrong, but the regulation says that you're right, and that non-commissioned officer is telling you that shit's wrong, yeah, that's a problem. You have all, a problem. call that motherfucker out. And if they if, if they don't want to fix their problem, go up higher. Go as high into the chain as you possibly have to to get those issues fixed. Because when you have soldiers, right, your main job and your main priority is to make sure that those soldiers are taken care of. That's it. Yeah. And when you know, it's funny. I remember there was there was this scenario back when I was like a PB2 or something. I was like fresh to my unit in Fort Hood. And one of my NCOs at the time told me to go up to our platoon sergeant and tell him he was out of regs because his uh, his sideburns were pointed instead of, you know, yeah, flat. cut off. Yeah, flat like how they should be. And I was so scared. I was like, you want me to go talk to the staff sergeant? I was like a PV2 and tell him that he's ate up basically. 
And they were like, yeah, I want you to go and tell him that his sideburns are out of regulation. So I went up to him and <laughs> it's the most embarrassing thing in my life. I was so embarrassed afterwards, but he was, I told him, I was like, uh, Sergeant, you know, I'm obviously like standing at parade rest, like shaking, <laughs> trying to tell him he's out of regulation. It's like, Sergeant, um, your sideburns uh, are out of regulation. And he's like, looking at me like I'm fucking dumb. And he's like, I, what are you talking about? Where in what regulation does it say that my sideburns are, you know, not okay? And I didn't know what to say. Like I knew in the back of my mind, it's AR670-1, but I, like the words could not come out of me. And he's like, I want you to go ahead and go find the regulation that states that I am not within tolerance or whatever and come back and then talk to me. So I had to go and like search for the actual verbiage and see where it said that he couldn't have the pointy sideburns. And my God, ever since then, I'm like, I'm reading the fucking regulation. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> You got to. You got to. I mean, it, and your and your husband brought up a good point where he's where he was talking about how um the the regulations needs to change. They need to adapt. It, it just needs to fucking happen. Um, yes. as as, I, as you look at regulations, they consistently change, and, and regulations are are constantly growing and whatnot. The one regulation that needs to change, right? This is the, I think this is one of the most important regulations, and I think your husband agree, with a, will agree with me. The most important regulation in AR six seventy dash one. Give me a fucking beard. Yes. I just want a beard. I'm all for that shit. You might have seen the like couple of TikToks that I've done about it. I'm all for you guys having a beard. And it's so funny because I think it was, um, God, I think it was One Punch Dad that made a TikTok about it. And he, you know what, it was him. And he was talking about how like men, they, like in the military, especially young <clears throat> men in the military look like babies. Yeah, we don't look But threatening. if you have a beard, you look like, you know, you look a little bit more intimidating. Uh, you you know what I'm saying? Think, I, I think wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind it because I can't. I could barely grow a beard, That's so at terrible. least everybody would be even. No, fuck you. You t that see, and I made a. I actually made a TikTok specifically saying, right, that the only people that don't want us to have beards are people that can't grow them, right? Yeah, you I don't know. understand it. I really don't, bro. You know, I go for. Look, I'm. I'm gonna be honest. So when I have a beard, I go for. I go. I'm. I'm a poppy, but when I have no beard, I'm. I'm a fucking child. I go from daddy. I, I go let from people in the army get fades. Just let them get fade ha haircut fades. We get fades. They do already. Yeah, yeah. You're allowed to get a fade. Yeah, we do whatever. Yeah. We, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. If I showed you my hair right now, I saw it earlier. It's terrible. Yeah, well, it's because mine's I'm, even worse. I'm just growing it out. Um, okay. so, you know, um, I I gotta ask you. Um, so you you've been married. How how long you been married right now? Um, we've been married for almost three years now. So been together, been together for about five, three years, been together five. So I'm going to tell you this right now, right? I'm expecting your husband to come on the show. So here's how I'm going to put this question for you, right? This is a very specific question. I'm going to mold it properly. What's something that you hate about your husband? <laughs> I'm sure that he could probably answer that question himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't say, I wouldn't say I hate anything about him. Okay, good. You know? So you love your husband. I do love my husband entirely. Yeah. So hate is a very strong word and I'm not being like facetious by any means. I don't, I wouldn't even say that I hate anyone. Um, I'm not really like a hateful person. There's obviously things that I dislike and I'm sure he dislikes about me. I'm a pretty annoying fucking person. So what was something, something you dislike about your husband? Just throw it out there. Um, she hates my call of duty stats. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? 
What, what do you? What, what's your Call of Duty stats? What are you ranging right now? Because I'm at like a four. Like on, on most games, you are like, not. My husband is trying to promote eight. himself right now. That's what's happening. Uh, so like my last three games, I was 14 and 0. So that's that's how I was kind of pushing pretty hard. You know, it's funny because he doesn't even play Call of Duty anymore, and I'm the one that got him playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Are you gonna play Ragnarok? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. That is my emote, by the way. That no, is the one from my channel. He's using your emote? Uh, you he's know, using my emote. You know what you should do? You should tell your husband to sub to us, right? Because we're going to keep having fun stuff like that. But here's, here, I, you know, I got to tell you guys something, right? Do you like merchandise? I love merchandise. You know what's you the, can tell. You know, yeah, you know what's the best part about merchandise? If you guys go to the xdutypodcast.com, you guys can go ahead and get on our Patreon and get yourself some merch. You guys get some merch. Join our Patreon. All right, we got a great number of followers on Patreon. We don't post anything. We don't do anything with Patreon. She introduced me to Khan. <laughs> um, He's not lying. So, so I, you know, become a patron. You guys get some dope merch. You know, it's not He's very lit. good, but it's okay. Um, it's great merch. No, but you know, also for our other sponsor of this episode, I'm gonna go ahead and pat myself on the back for this one. The Pocket Share Drive. The Pocket Share Drive, we created an app for you guys where you guys are always on your phone, so might as well learn how to write counselings from your phone. Um, we give you 101 templates, brand new following, right off the bat. We give you 101 templates for actual writing a counselling. We give you guys some templates for 4187s, but it's a share drive that you can put on your phone so you don't, you don't have to use the Army one anymore. It's terrible. Um, that, that's my that's my sponsorship slot. Um, so, so, you know, you, you, you are, you are a, you are a, World of good fun. You have you have a lot going on with you, but there's some important things that you and I need to talk about right now. And one of the most yeah, important things is what is it that you do to bring yourself back down? How do you ground yourself? Oh, wow. Um. Honestly, it's it's taken a lot of experience and work. I feel like to get to the point where I can ground myself, but a lot of the times, I'll. I'll try and do something that I like doing, um, something that I enjoy. So I, me and my husband play video games. Um, I do a lot of crafting, like I mentioned to you earlier. I have a small business um, or I hang, hang out with my kids. Um, I work out. So I don't, this is why I say that I think I have ADHD because there's a, like a plethora of things that I enjoy doing um, that kind of just like bring me back, you know? So if you had to, if you had to kind of give uh, some advice to young service members out there, what would you tell them? <sighs> Let me think about how I was whenever I was a junior soldier. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a long time ago. Um, honestly, don't don't take things too seriously. You know, um, work hard, do what you can, but do it for yourself. Don't do it for other people. I know climbing up the ranks. I was always a people pleaser. Um, but as I started to work through like my anxiety and stuff like that a lot more, um, I realized that I need to stop doing things for other people and I need to start doing things for me. And the more that I started doing things for myself, I feel like the more I started to succeed. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's, is it over? What do you oh mean? Yeah, you're over. Time is up. Do you think that soldiers are actively, um, do you think that soldiers are actively um, understanding that whenever it's time to kind of like do more in the military, do you think that this, um, with the progression, right? Do you think that there's a difference between how soldiers can progress and with the way that they're, the way that they're growing now? 
do you think that soldiers have a better better options than you did when you first joined absolutely i think that soldiers nowadays are not only a lot smarter but they're a lot more willing to speak out um like a lot more willing to stand up to things that are wrong like i mean we see it all over tiktok especially nowadays where soldiers are straight up calling like sex offenders out and putting them on blast Which is and like, yeah right answer every time yeah i'm not saying that i like to i that people being sexually assaulted or sexually harassed is a good thing but i thoroughly enjoy seeing people put on the fucking spot for doing shit like that because i was sexually assaulted at, when i was a child and i'm i'm not for that shit at all you know and if they can blast that shit all over TikTok and embarrass the fuck out of this person for doing something so heinous, you know, and toxic, I'm all for it. Yeah, no. I love to see it. Absolutely. And, you know, and the biggest thing, right, is that a lot of soldiers don't understand that they have the power now. You got the power. Yeah. You have the power to change. And, and I'm not saying the power is always good because there are false accusings of a lot of different things. I'm not going to say a lie to you. But the more active that soldiers are, um, in trying to correct the problems that's happening within the military, that's how we fix the problems that's going on in the military. The reason yeah. why people get upset, oh, stop calling out leaders and stuff. They, the reason why they get upset is because no one called them out when they were in. Yeah. So now we're, at, I, yeah, we're doing it, it. It like irks me because I know that there's some people out there who talk about tact and professionalism and all that stuff. Well, that person wasn't being tactful or professional when they were sexually assaulting a junior soldier. Absolutely. You know? So who gives a fuck about tact or professionalism when it comes to calling them out or putting them on blast? Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Because you know what the biggest thing is, right? People need to understand that we, like as soldiers, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you why I hate the military. Because at any point, your entire career can end. Right? Yeah. It sucks. It does. You know, you could put any, in 10 years and then all of a sudden it'd be taken away. Done. Like that. Just simple, quick, fast. But at the end of the day, the one thing that I do like about the military is that the military is consistently growing. It's consistently changing because we have soldiers coming in that need to be here. Yeah. And, and and seeing that you're an ALC instructor, that's probably one of the most impressive things that I've had. That's, you're probably one of the most impressive people that I've had on the show um, because mm-hmm. being an instructor for other leaders is hard because the one thing it's that so hard because leaders don't want to change. Oh, yeah. I'm setting my ways. That's how shit goes. Once you When you're a sergeant, and you move over to staff sergeant, that's a whole different type of responsibility that you have. And you need to understand those things. Yeah. But honestly, what, what we see a lot mm. is we see NCOs who come through ALC, who have the mindset of screw the military. I'm getting out because they've never had good leadership in their career. You know, they have, and it's funny because I was actually on one of my friend who she, it, you might have seen her on TikTok, um, but she is in the military in the UK. And she just said she wishes that I was over in the UK because the staff sergeant that is in charge of her is like not good, basically. Um, But we see that come through ALC all the time where we have these NCOs who are so disgruntled because they don't have good leadership. Um, That's the worst, having a chip on your shoulder, man. Yeah, it sucks because those, those exact people are the people who have so much potential. And there's been a few who have came through who luckily we've been able to kind of like pull out of that whole in a way um and it's it's great to see them you know they add me on facebook and i'll see them doing great things once they leave here and it's pretty awesome honestly that's like the high, the best part of being an instructor 
is seeing the people progress and get further along. That I mean, I can yeah. imagine. I mean, for anybody, anybody, I mean, any leader in general, but for you guys, like, I think it's so much more important because you are, you're the gateway to the next level. Oh man, Woo. <laughs> you know, young, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you with retention in general. Retention, we know the issue of retention right now. Oh yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know the issue. Um, but retention is something that we have to consistently work on, right? Um, and the military has to work on it because the moment I get out the military, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. This show is gonna be the exact same, but I'm gonna be high. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I would be. Sure. Yeah, no, I would be too. Um, but no, the the show is gonna. We're still gonna actively do the same thing because the goal is to make sure our military stays good. And the only way that we can make sure our military stays good is that so individuals like you can come on this show and share your story because your story your story is just as important as every single person that comes out. So yeah. if you had to tell soldiers right now, right, if you had to tell soldiers the biggest mistake that you've made, what's the biggest mistake you've made in the military? Oh, God, the biggest mistake that I've made. I would say, so when I first joined the military, I was married to my first husband. Mm. And I feel like I didn't kind of put myself in opportunities that could have been like amazing as far as like traveling and just like going airborne or whatever, because when I was younger, it was a lot easier to do those things, yeah. you know, cause I'm now I'm like old and crusty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I regret not doing those things when I was young Absolutely. because a lot of, a lot of people join the military so young, you know, so it, that would be the one thing that I feel like I regret is not going forth and jumping right into all of the things I possibly could have done like going overseas, uh, going airborne or aerosol, because I actually wanted to do those things and I never did. And I feel like a huge part of it was because I didn't want to leave my family, Yeah, you know, but my family would have, they still would have been there and it wouldn't have been for too long. But I think that was probably my biggest mistake. I'm not gonna lie to you. My, I think my biggest mistake in the military was not joining feet finder. Joining what? Feetfinder.com. Yeah. Feet finder. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because someone just brought up that website. I forget who it was. Someone that I know just brought up that website the other day. And I was like, there's a huge audience for feet. Yo, really I got, you should see my strange, phone. but damn. Yeah. I, 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 I personally, I don't get it. I, I don't either, but you know, I'm, I'm all for it, I guess. Yeah. Like, da- are you a foot guy, daddy? No. Okay. No, I just wanted to make no. sure. Well, I mean, I'm not a, said, I'm no. not a foot guy, but like, if people don't take, I don't like when people don't take care of their feet. So you're a foot guy, essentially. No, I mean, I, I, I'm i not turned on by feet. I'm just turned off by bad looking feet. But so you're, so you're saying there's only, there's only two. Okay. All right, Danny, I'm gonna let this one go. <laughs> He's going to let this one slide for, for now. But it will come up on the Miss Stop. If you guys want to check out my other podcast, I I run a podcast called the Miss Stop. Uh, it's just a drafting but, one where we talk shit about things. But here's the thing. Like, are we talking about if feet again? You, yeah, if, if, if your toenails are three different colors and none of them are nail polish, that's a problem. Oh, God. Oh. This sounds personal and not yeah, interesting. Like, do, do we need to talk about ha- I hate when people, like, because <laughs> I work in a hospital. So, like, I see, like, nasty looking feet. I once saw sense. this. I once saw a woman who had her toenails look like Fritos. Cause they like curled over the front of her toes. Oh my god! I've heard some gross things so on the show. That was probably the, that, was, that was gross. I well, like medical. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, you know what time it is? It's the time. It's, it's it's the end of the show. But you know what? I'll tell you what. 
I'm going to give you guys a little bit of love here. My name is Josh Marie. I'm the host and creator of the Extra Duty Podcast, where we talk about mental health in the most unprofessional way possible because there's no professional way to talk about mental health in the military at all. Zero zilch. Fucking goose egg, right? But my name is Josh Marie, and I'm, and I'm signing out of Extra Duty. Danny, you can sign out today. This is Lieutenant Dan, and I'm signing out of Extra Duty. Now you got to do it, too. This is Jen A., I am also signing out of extra duty. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, guys. But now listen to my fucking music.